0: Welcome to the in the Generation podcast. I am your host, Malak Arif, and coming to the platform today, we have a very special guest. Uh, this brother is a member of one of my favorite production and songwriting teams of the 80s, uh, known for writing the classic hits for Lisa Lisa and Cole Cham, uh, UTFO, Cheryl Pepsi-Riley, James Brown, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Samantha Fox, I mean, Rihanna, Jasmine Guy. I mean, the list goes on and on. You know, they've also accumulated numerous awards from BET, uh, Soul Train, Image Awards, uh, NAACP Awards, uh, multiple Grammy nominations, over 60 million records sold with over 10 number one hits and over 20 top 10 hits. Um, You know, they appeared in one of my favorite comedies of all time, uh, House Party and its sequel, House Party 2 and they still are going strong so with no further ado it is an honor and a privilege to introduce my next guest to the platform and i'm talking about the one the only be find a full force let's go <music> Watching Bridging the Generation podcast with me, Malak, and today I have a legend, one of my favorite writers, producers in the game. As far as you know, uh, bringing this originality, bringing uh, these new uh, concepts sonically. Uh, so again, it is an honor to introduce the one, the only, Be Fine of Full Force. What's going on, brother?
1: What's going on, brother? How's it good,
0: man? I can't, I, I can't complain. I can't complain. I'm glad Mm -hmm. to have you here, man. And again, I I, want to chop it up with you because I just recently interviewed Lisa Lisa, yeah, last week. So to have you on here right after her is just a dream, (laughs) you know. So 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 again, first of all, I want to ask you, brother, how have you been maintaining with all this uh, pandemic, you you know, craziness going on, the whole COVID nineteen? How how you been holding on?
1: I've been doing all right. I've been doing all right, fortunately, man. I've just been staying kind of locked up and away from everything. But yeah, I've been doing good.
0: Okay, okay. Hey, I, you, I gotta ask, man, because you know we lost a lot of people, and it's, it's, you know, again, we're not back to, uh, you know, where we were before. So you know, mm-hmm. I just, I always gotta ask uh, artists that come on here, just, you know, just gotta show my, my, my concern,
2: you know.
1: Yeah, well, we all have lost people, you know, in this whole pandemic thing, but um you know it hurts and then you just got to keep rolling no doubt no doubt have you have
0: you have you lost anybody like close to you, or you you lost people that you just know know of
1: um people less close and also like uh friends and people that you know in the business as well okay a lot of times it's like complications that um i have a feeling we'll find out later on that it was connected to covid things like okay. that okay okay
0: well, look, well, look, you know, I want to go ahead and, uh, you know, talk about your story because I really don't feel I know you guys just recently had the unsung, you know, which was dope. That was mm-hmm. that was that was really cool. But I, I, I really want to get to like the nitty gritty of full force because I've, I've been a Daha fan since like all in my mind. I'm, I'm a little late. Mm-hmm. You know, I was mm-hmm. I was a kid. I vividly remember all in my mind. Um when when the first album came out I was too young to remember that but that mm-hmm. all in my mind I I I remember that like it was yesterday
1: right oh, that's crazy <laughs> and
0: and then when the when the movie which we about to talk about later when Hospital I was like oh those are the guys from All in My Mind right <laughs> you know so 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 anyway let's let's go back to the beginning now you you originally you know you're originally from Brooklyn New York mhm so talk yeah. about that what was <clears throat> excuse me what was it like growing up in Brooklyn New York and what was uh, some of your influences uh,
1: musically? Um, Growing up in Brooklyn was, um, uh, it was just regular to me because I come from from Bed-Stuy to East Flappish. So I'm from Brooklyn, me and my brothers, we're from like, and the cousins, we're from Brooklyn like for real, for real. You know, (laughs) like, you know, we've seen it all. We've, um, you know, yeah, we're from Brooklyn like for real. (laughs) <laughs> and um, so growing up in Brooklyn, as far as, as a little, little kid, uh, my father got me and my two brothers into singing at a very, very young age. I think I was six. Um, he first got Paul into singing. Paul had an air, a real good air for harmonies and stuff like that, like at 13 and stuff like that, 12, I believe. I was the youngest. Um, and Lou, we always teased Lou. We call Lou... Get that because they had that dad had that, 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 that he'll do anything for the <laughs> stage man anything for the stage even as a little as especially as a little kid so my father put us three together um my uncle managed us at the time along with my father we did uh at, at that time it uh it was amateur night at the Apollo. and it was real real rugged and raw back then I mean like it was real rugged and raw as a kid I was scared I was really really scared because yeah. My father had me believing that Sandman came out and shot you for real. <laughs> you know, so I would always like, so our first time performing there, we took first place three times in a row. And um I was scared until I hear the people start screaming and everything like that. Cause I kept looking to the side and seeing the sandman's gonna come out because I was gonna run. And um uh we went three times in a row, then we uh appeared with the headliners. Um mm. wow. That was a long time ago. That was like the Whispers. That was like Joe Text. That was a He said Joe Text. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was seven. So this is this is way before you know it uh it was appearing on TV. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was just a legend. Yeah. Apollo was just super legendary forever, even back then. Apollo, Apollo was legend, legendary. Um, because I remember some of the acts that I've seen for the first time there. A matter of fact. It was um, years and years after, like when we first came out, we was just blowing up with our productions and crush right. groove and whatnot. My brother saw, um, well, we saw the, the whispers at uh, at some function. And he said to them, he said, yo, man. He said, you, he said, do you know who we are? He said, yeah, I know you are. At he says, no, no, no. Do you remember way back in the day when you guys performed at the Apollo? He went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, how do we forget that? Do you remember these little guys that was always coming in your dressing room watching you guys do steps? Yeah, the little dudes that was all <laughs> get out of here. Out of- yeah, going away. We we have such a such a long history, such a long history. We're gonna do a documentary and it's it's even um like unsung was one of the highest rated unsungs um they've had with us. But And I think it was heavily due to the content, because a lot of times I forget what type of history we have. You know,
0: talk about it.
1: Yeah. So anyway, from Brooklyn, we um we did the whole local group thing, local band thing, and then um, we joined with the cousins, and I got behind the drums. You know, and uh, we formed Full Force.
0: Okay. Let me stop you. Let let me stop for a second. mm -hmm. So so prior to playing the drums you know, uh, you guys were just a trio because who, who was the oldest between uh, uh, you and Paul and, and uh, Lou? Lou's, the, Lou's oldest. the
1: oldest, Paul's the middle, I'm the youngest. Okay, continue. So um, yeah, then we moved to East Flatbush and then um, I got with the cousins and Jerry played the keyboards and then uh, Shy Jr. played uh, the bass and Kurt played guitar, and I, I love the drums. We formed this local band, and then we put it together, Lou and Paul, and we created Full Force. That was the name Lou came up with. Um, I, I, You know, I, I, gotta, I gotta
0: stop you again. I gotta stop you again, so <laughs> check this out, check this out. I wanted to wait, I, I was gonna wait till we get to this album because it's one of my favorite albums by you guys. Oh, wow. Smooth. Oh wow! Yeah, this this one, this one it's is this <laughs> my this my this the this my shit right here. But uh, the reason why I brought that up because when you open the book,
1: mm-hmm.
2: wow! Oh, yeah. That's
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's about the time. Yeah, I was in I was in just I was a freshman in high school. Right, hold on, let me let me get it. I want the fans to see. There we go. There we go. Yeah, wow! I was a freshman in high school. <laughs> I remember. Wow, I remember that. At that time, we was at that time one of the hottest um, groups going was Chic, you know Chic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And which
0: also also out of New York City with Bernard yep. uh, Bernard Edwards yep. and Nile Rogers.
1: Yeah, so with that picture, we was trying to tap into our Chic,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that surprised that surprised me because when I, I remember when I cause this album this is the original CD from 1980. This I bo- I had this since I was wow. thirteen years old. And I opened that up, and I was like amazed because I'm thinking when I went <laughs> in my mind, I know Full Force is these, you know, yeah, yeah. guys, and then I see you guys with these suits So It was just it just it blew my mind. Yeah. You know? So 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 yeah. So talk about that. Talk about forming how you guys came together. I'm sorry.
1: Um. So we came together, um, formed Full Force, did the whole local band thing. We was really really popular as far as uh, as a local band. Okay. Um, like other groups that was popular at the time, um, like GQ, there was this club, club called Club Ecstasy in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Everybody played. I remember New Edition, when these broke out big, they played there. Um, yeah. Patrick Khan played there. I mean, everybody played there. We was the only local band there that would play on headline night and, and sell it out just like all the headliners did. We didn't have a single record, nothing. So we was trying to get a deal um, the interesting thing with us trying to get a deal is that we had this mindset back then that being that we could kick ass on stage, right. our live Performance was we, we were dope on, as far as live performance. We thought that, yo, if you see us, we're dope, sign us. That's what we thought. But the industry was changing, it was changing rapidly. It was right about that time, it started to really change. And what happened that we had a partner, co manager named Steve Salem. And Steve Salem, God bless him, may he rest in peace, <clears throat> yeah. Steve Salem had more of, of, a, of a young white dude's outlook, which was, which was good for us. Because he was like, yo, guys, you can't just keep playing these covers. And just because you could turn it out, yeah. you don't know, get a deal. you got to do some of your originals. You have to. Well, yo, but nobody knows those originals. He's, that's the point. Right, right. That's right. a, a gain of following. See, he knew about that type of shit.
2: Yeah,
1: he knew that you know you had to play your originals to gain a following. You know so hold you? up, hold on. So
0: let me stop you for a second. So at that time, because again, you know, you guys are legendary songwriters slash producers. So right. at that time, you guys were not writing and producing your own material. Well, we well because when, when did you guys start? When did you guys start writing your own material? Because I, I, I mean, you guys got classic. I'm just. I'm just looking at some of these songs, and I'm just like blown away. So when well, did that
1: start? You know, we we was um we were writing songs, especially especially me. I was writing like a lot back right. then, and um and playing it with the cousins. Okay. And then when, this is before Paul was even in the group. And then when Paul and Lou joined in, and we made full Force, we all would like write songs and. Um, but we never like performed them because we just okay. felt like, yo, we got to get the crowd. We got to get the crowd. Okay. So we mentioned that because we went to every single record label and it's probably turned down three times. Right. Like every single label. So. Now what
0: was it? What What was your, you know, because we, we, we come to know, you know, you guys have a very distinct sound, a very distinct. Look, what was the sound and the look of a full force, at that time. And were you called, were you guys known as four force back then? Because I, yeah. I know you mentioned yeah. cheek, I know you mentioned cheek, but when that, when that, uh, the Caucasian gentleman, you said you guys need to alter, you know, mm-hmm. give, have some type of nuance with you with your uh, your, your, your stage appearance. What, um, what were you guys looking like when he said, you know, uh, when he mentioned, you know, recommended that to you guys. And again, what was uh, you guys, what were you guys known as at that time?
2: Well, <laughs>
1: We was on some type of like, Earth, Wind & Fire meets the original Commodore type shit. You know, <laughs> we was on it like that. Steve really didn't focus much on like the look. He was yeah. talking about the music and us playing as a band and things like that. And what he did, his his concept was very smart. He had it where we would, um. we were the only black band playing like rock clubs all over New York. Okay. Like CBGBs. CBGBs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we was playing clubs that black people never even been in. Damn. So, so,
0: so, so y'all was playing in the same clubs with like the Ramones and shit.
1: REM. We opened for REM. E. E. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. REM was just a big indie group back then. So we, um I'll never forget when the curtains opened up at Dance Interior and I literally seen people's mouths like, all these white folks like. <laughs> and we killed it. We killed it. And that, that was okay. another thing. Like the white folks was very receptive to your original shit. They, they, okay. they were listening to how you're playing. They were listening to what you're saying. yeah very interesting because um we had a large black following, and then there was a lot of um we gained a large white following in those clubs. Okay. So, um we still had to realize that you know we have to shop our original material. Um, and what we have to do is we have to find a way to get out there. Steve mm. again, Steve came up with the idea. He said, yo, why don't you guys produce somebody, you know, and then get them exposure and get known as producers, oh. then you to always come back as, as a group. Let's go, let's go, I'm ready, let's yeah. go. Yeah, he you say something. <laughs> Lou was like ballistic. He Lou didn't mm. like that at all. Blue was mad. I remember he left throwing out the basement. <laughs> he hated that idea. Paul is the middle child, so Paul was kind of mad, but he understood. So when but he why,
0: left- why, but why do you think he recommended that to you guys? Because you know, you guys were you like you said, man. You guys was killing it, and guys were enjoying you guys' music. Why do you think he recommended that? Because which we glad. I'm glad he did that because I'm not going to say what, what's about. I, I know what you about to what we uh-huh. about to what we what's about to. What you're saying is about to lead to, right. but you know, why do you think he mentioned
1: that? You know, why you think he recommended that to you guys? Well, she was Steve was smart enough not to fall in love with shit. He didn't fall in love with things like that. He looked to see this doesn't work. We gotta do this. Gotcha. You know, he didn't love it for long, you know, unless it was working. So he mm. uh, and he still had a different mindset than we did. Gotcha. We're gotcha. talking about producing to become popular, to then get a deal. You know, it was like, you know how long it's gonna take? But I loved the idea. I loved it because I was always in creative mode. You know, gotcha. I, just, yeah. I just loved that idea. Yeah. So um, what happened is that how we met the first artist, was long story short, um, I had a girlfriend in high school Okay. I was like a year removed from high school, and um it was this guy who kept bothering her, kind of like just a pain in the ass, you know. Right, right, right. And she saw herself as like she was one of those high school girls that you know looked older, you know, yeah, years of older. And it's like this dude, this yeah. young kids like a pain in the ass. She was just like a year or two younger, but to her, he was just like a pain in the ass. And she never complained about it, but she kept complaining about him. Okay. So Mike from Cult Jam, who we all went to school with, Mike was always in the middle somehow. Mike said, yo, B, I know who he's talking about. I'll show you him. Matter of fact, they got a talent show where this guy's dancing in. He, I'll show you. I'll point him out right there. I said, all right, cool. So I went to the school, Wingate High School, school I like to go to. And then all these guys came out popping with the white gloves on, dancing. And the dude was really dope. Right. And, you know, and his name was Kango K- Kango Kid, yeah. <laughs> it was him and um, and Dr. Ice, and doc- yeah. Dr. Ice, yeah. And let's go, let's go. They could, they, could, they, could, they could pop and dance the ass off,
2: yeah.
1: So, anyway, long story short, after they finished performing, Mike said, uh, his name was really Sean. He said, you're Sean, this is B, this is uh, so and so's boyfriend, yo. Yeah. We want to talk to you. Mike just stepped out the way. <laughs> I was so intrigued by how dope he was as a performer. He said, "Yo, what's up, man?" He went to shake my hand. I'm like, looked at him and slowly extended my hand. and says, "Yo, you live in Brooklyn?" He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He said, "Yo, I think I want you to dance with my band." Yo, know, Michael, yeah. to and he went, "Oh, okay, cool." And Mike was surprised. And Mike looked at him. Mike said, "Yo, it's a good thing you can dance, man." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, "What are you talking about?" He said. No, because that's you know, that's Booby's boyfriend. He came here to bust your ass. You just <laughs> <laughs> and that's how that. And it's funny. Kango sent a picture to to me a couple years ago. Is like right. me, him, Mike, and the, uh, my ex girlfriend back there called Booby. Like just okay. like, like five years ago. It's so right, good. Right? Right. But anyway, long story short, Kango told us about Doc and Doc and Kango told us about this guy named EMD, who's a rapper, and they had this DJ. So I was like, all right, let's see. And they had charisma. I'm yeah. telling you, UTFO is one of the most unsung hip hop groups. I mean- They are, they are. the performer, they, were
0: they yep. was dope, yep. man. The first two albums, man,
1: whew. Yeah, man, they're albums, man. Same way. long story short, um, Steve, still again, um, got them, a situation on an independent label, and then me and him went to talk to Fred Mineo. okay, who was of Select Records, and um. Yeah, what well, Select
0: was no, okay. That Select was ended, okay. Select, because I always thought like Select was like a subsidiary or whatever under Columbia, because mm-hmm. I, because I know, because I, I, I know you, you guys, and Lisa were on Columbia, so I always figured that they was probably yeah. like. The subsidiary of Columbia too.
1: That was kind of interesting too with us and Lisa because it wasn't originally on Columbia. But um, long story short, they did an independent record called Beats and Rhymes. We produced it. You know, I did the beat. Um, and it did okay. So we did another record, and it was called Hanging Out, and it was just about to be released. And I remember calling Steve Salem. It was late. Right. Cause I woke up at two in the morning with an idea, and I remember telling my mother, I said, You know, mom, I want to do something on the B side. I just got this idea, and she said, What made you? You, you weren't you just sleeping. I said, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to do a song, a rap song. i and I don't know why I was telling my mother like she cared about that, right? But right, I, told her, I said, Yeah, I'm gonna do a song, I'm gonna call it Roxanne, and she said, Why Roxanne? I said, I don't know because it's kind of an uncommon name in the hood. I don't know any girls named Roxanne. I know Sharon, I know a Debbie, but I don't know any like Roxanne's. Right. And then I said, and plus the police did it, and it was a hit. So I'm gonna go with that. Because I love and, the police, that band. And then it was a movie. It was a movie with Steve Mott called Roxanne too. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. But the song Roxanne by yeah, yeah. the Oh, that's a that, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Of that course. Was dope. That's yeah. right. You know, thought of it from anyway, so um, that and that was the B side. That song was the B side, and then I just had a concept to do. You know, I always I wanted to do hip hop in a way that was musical because at that mm-hmm. time it was just like, see, people don't realize the origin of hip hop was all about the DJ,
2: you know. Mm, a
1: lot of people it, forget about that. Guys rapping was hyping it up, the secondary,
0: DJ. it was yeah,
1: it was that, that, it the DJ, like Grandmaster Flash on the wheels of steel, and Grand Flash cut it up, and you know, mix Master, and he would cut it up. That's what it was, but time started to change and it was all about the MC at that time, like kind of both. So I had it where I wanted to do three separate beats, totally different beats, you know, and have a singing hook. And then I said, "But well, we're gonna tell the story. I said, about oh, girl, you can't get, you know, and they are so dope. They were so dope. And I said, I don't know which one of y'all was rapping on it, but one of y'all rapping the big beat. And Kango said, Yo, I got my beat, that, that beat that um Kango's rapping on was his when it opens up. Um yeah. Kango, yeah. I said, cool, you rock that. One of y'all rocking Big B, you know. <laughs> and then I'm never the educated rap said, "Oh B, I'll, I'll do Big B. I, 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 I think I, I got something. And then right. he let me hear what he had in his mind. And he said, I'm gonna do something like that. I thought her name was Barry. Right. And I lost it. I lost it, I said, oh, that's incredible. And Doc, Doc was dope, because I remember with Doc's rap, he made his rap go with Mixed Master's Scratch. Like, explain to me really what doctors must do. I said, yo, you gotta do that again. And then Mixmaster, he didn't at that time know how to scratch that way. He was good, but mm-hmm. Hitman Howie T gotcha. was totally unsung. Hitman Howie T is a hellified um, hip hop producer that people yeah. aren't aware of who did Chub Rock, who did stuff from UTFO, who mm-hmm. did um, Special Ed. Legend. I, you know, Legend. Really dope, man. Yeah. Really, really dope. And um, so Howie T is the first one that came up with that chick, 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 ah, chick, chick, ah. OK. So the deal is, I told Mix Master, I said, yo, you got to get it like him Mix." I said, because yo, I love you and all, but if you don't get it, he's going to have to do it. You can say you That's did it. Right. I don't care. But for the record, he's going to have to do it. Right. I, don't you get. I had, yo, when you're young, boy, you don't give a shit. I didn't care. <laughs> so what happened is that in the studio, Mixed Master is there trying to get it, and Howie T is there, too. If he can't do it, Howie T is there, too. It, Howie T, it? Howie sure. okay. He got it. He, he got it. And then put the record out as a B-side. And I remember Red Alert played the B-side, and we didn't know. Now, what, what, now what was the A-side? A song called Hanging Out. Okay, yeah, okay, you did
0: mention that, yeah, yeah.
1: So we were like thinking, ah, oh, the record's not going to come off unless he plays the A-side, and we was trying to tell I like, I like Hanging
0: Out, though.
1: I, I I remember Hanging Out. Hanging out was dope, too. Wow, yeah, you do? Yeah, yeah. But hell, it wasn't Roxanne, Roxanne. <laughs> no, nah, it wasn't. So we didn't know any better. We think thinking it was going to mess up the release, you know, And um, but Red Alert, if it wasn't for Red Alert, I don't know if Full Force would have ever came to be. Because Red Alert broke Roxanne Roxanne because there we are the record companies telling Red Alert yo yo but Red you gotta play the A side right like, I like the B side I like Roxanne Roxanne record see, but, see this is this is back this is see this is
0: at the time when DJs were able to choose their own records you know before it became more more
1: corporate yeah well you know what a lot of DJs like him always maintain that like even like him flex um clue um a lot of these cats even from way back to clark kent they played what they wanted to play because hip-hop was so obscure they didn't know what to tell them to do so hip-hop was playing at like 10 o'clock and on the radio stations, like had that go you know yeah, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about like
0: man like today like you know because all the radio stations they, well, they, today,
2: they, 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 exactly yeah, yeah
0: everybody's on the click
2: click
1: it's whack right now, but it really is. More corporate, but go ahead. This is horrible. And it's horrible for the artists right now, it is. But anyway, um, that record took off, man. You know, when a record like that takes off, it's, it doesn't take off in a regular way. It right. takes off in a surreal, unreal kind of way, you know? Uh-huh. And it's like, I can't believe this was a concept out of my mind, <laughs> and, I, and I'm watching this dude walk down the street with a box, and right. these girls are running behind him to hear it just because he's playing Roxanne, Roxanne. And everywhere I went, it was like, is somebody playing a joke on me? Because I'm hearing it everywhere. I <laughs> <play> out, <laughs> everywhere, barbershop, everywhere. I walk. It was like, it's like a, a people messing with me. It yeah, was, yeah. It was absolutely crazy. And it took off. My mind immediately went to the fact of like, okay, cool. I don't want people to think that all we do is rap. Just make right, right. I don't want people to do that. I got this idea. And I told Steve, I said, yo, I got this idea for uh, a girl. You know, I said, I wanted I wanna wanted do something with a Spanish girl, a Hispanic young lady. And my reasoning was because all of the Hispanic people that I came up with in high school, they were, they wasn't like, you know. Ricky Martin or Christina Aguilera—that wasn't their mode. Right. They were like Fat Joe, yeah. Or yeah. Lopez, <laughs> Lisa Lisa. They were no, like no. that. That's what yeah. I grew up with. Yeah. So I would always tease them about Menudo, you know. And they—oh, Menudo was popping though. Yeah, but see, but. Manudo was popping. That was in in high school, like where yeah.
0: I was from. Oh no, no, no! I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna. I'm not a Manudo fan. Nothing against Manudo. I'm not gonna pretend like I'm a Manudo fan. But I remember them popping.
1: No, they were super huge. But you got to understand. That's all I who want. to say. I grew up with. Yeah, yeah. The type of pastor that I grew up with. Yeah. Even if they liked Manudo, they would lie and say they didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was. It was. kind of like 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 the BGs. Like people would. People would make it seem like they didn't like the BGs. You know? No, it was worse than that. Because the BGs were dope, actually. But the deal is menudo was like like bubblegum, but Hispanic, you know. Right, right, right. right. Bubblegum. And the yeah. deal is they would I would make jokes about him and they would go, yo, they I don't like them, man. That's my little sister. <laughs> now they're in high school, they wasn't yeah. to menudo, they was rapping to the rap records, Grandmaster right. Flash, you know, the Hispanics. people that I grew up with, because my mother's Dominican and black. No doubt. So the deal is, I, I knew they didn't really feel that like that. But their little sisters and little brothers did. So my mindset was always like, yo, I want to get a Hispanic lady, a Hispanic young lady, like the Hispanic girls that I grew up with, the young ladies that I went to the clubs with, that we I all do. Us, right, right. My, uh, at the fun house, at the Roxy. Because the Hispanic... Um, the Hispanic... Uh, um, young folks and the black young folks, they were like intertwined as one, as far as right. like the music, in the yeah. clubs, everything. You know, the yeah. up rocking, the break dancing, it was right. like one thing. There was always like, uh, if there was a Hispanic group, there was always like a couple blacks in that group. Yeah. If there was a black dancer group, there was always a couple of Hispanic in it, always. Yeah. So it was a different synergy. And you know, it's funny, if I talk about stuff like this, people like Fat Joe, Jennifer Lopez, Lisa Lee, they smile because they know exactly what it is, how right. the new scene was. You know, so um. Long story short, I I auditioned quite a few girls, and they 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 were horrible. They didn't, <laughs> you know, they were just like they had a corniness about them. And i was like, nah, it can't be, that. It
0: can't they, be they, that. They 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 would probably try to give you, you know, that that uh, you know, that pop thing. You know, they yeah, probably they thought know. that's what you. What well, is is that is that one of the reasons why you think you know it was it was kind of hard finding. You know that that artist that you was looking for, in, in initially,
1: initially, yeah, it it was because it wasn't like we were some like, you know, had a worldwide audition going on and anything like
0: that. There was no because we never we never heard anything like like Lisa was the first of Lisa, her kind.
1: Let me tell you something, Lisa. Never seen
0: anything like that.
1: Yo, Lisa was more important than people really, really realize to uh-huh. the Hispanic community because, uh-huh. um, like everybody, everybody audition, they were horrible. Or they were like, nah, that's, she can sing, but that's not it. They gotta have that feel to them, because I knew what it was. Mm. And we did too, because we, we hung out partying all the time. Us, it was like, man. And when Madonna used to be in these clubs back then, you know? Um, so what happened, Mike, Mike was always around. Mike knew exactly what I was looking for. He knew exactly what it was. So Mike said, you'll be, I'll never forget, he rang, rang my bell and said, you'll be, I think I got this girl that might be what you are looking for. He said, but I was thinking like, if you like her, yo, cause I was thinking and hope, hoping maybe you could put like, maybe me and Al, which is Sponador in the group and like make a group and make it like, I had this name called cult jam maybe like, and I just said to him immediately, I just said, what? Well, Oh, Mike, I'll, I'll work something out. i want something out with you in it. You went, Right, right. Oh, I, I was cool. Yeah. I, only because Mike was always incredibly loyal. hmm You know, Mike was actually in the band once as full force, like before Lou and Paul was in it. Oh. It just that, But we ended up like, like, nah, you're a bongo player. We don't need that, and you're not really into this. But even that being the case, that he's like... Right. He was always out there with us two in the morning, putting up posters for the local shows, giving out flyers. He would go hard with us, sleeping in the car because his mindset, and he told us this years later, yo, if I just hang with my guys that I grew up with, if somehow they make it, Mm. I'm going to be in there. He he thought (laughs) about that way back then. He had the the foresight. He was smart because that's why as soon as he mentioned it, I was already like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll, yeah, you'll be in. You'll okay. you be in. I'll work it out, I'll fit it in. Yeah, but let me see the girl. Let me let, let me see, see that. Girl. Yeah, yeah, talk about that girl. <laughs> yeah. So we auditioned her, right? And what happened is that I remember saying, yo, let me go around the corner, let me get Paul, because Paul's good with vocals. And I didn't want to think. I just wanted to just watch and observe, and mm. I want to see if her image was right. So I got Paul, I said, yeah, Paul, just do a regular like singing thing harmonies. He said, like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Paul came down there, had her sing something she was comfortable with. I still remember she sung a song that Mike had wrote. It was horrible, called To Dance and To Love. It was the worst <laughs> song ever. And I always say that it was terrible. So that song had you thinking, oh my God, this girl can't sing. And then Paul said, yo, why don't you sing something you're comfortable with? And she sung For Your Eyes Only by Sheena Easton. And I loved her voice. I actually love the tone of Lisa's voice. Mm. Now, mind you, every time, I, after the audition and and she left, everybody wasn't sure, like, oh, will we pick her or not? No, no, no. I knew what I wanted. I knew she was it. Right. And I told everybody right there, I said, no, 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 she's it. He said, well, we can audition more girls. I said, no, no, no. She's it. She, She's it. And then Paul was like, well, B, what makes you feel like it's her? I said, because she sounds like if a young girl can sing, they would sound just like her. Now, Lisa always wondered, be, is that a diss kind of like? like oh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, because
0: I, 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 I'm thinking, I'm like, but it makes sense. And yeah. there's a lot of other singers that came after her that I say the same thing about. You know, they're, they're not these Phenomenal Patti LaBelle type singers, Gladys Knight, but she got this unique quality with her, man, this special quality. So talk about
1: that, brother. Well, the thing is, is that you got to remember, you know, I'm a kid from seven years old. I grew up, you know, from five and four hearing Jackie Wilson and Mm, only teardrops. Yeah, my my aunt used to um, my aunt used to sneak me, Lou and Paul. Because my aunts were like the hip hop B girls of that era. Mm. And they would be at the Apollo, like every other week in the summer and they would take us with them because they had to babysit us, hide us under the seats, and then we'd have to pop out and hold the seats till they came <laughs> out and hide us in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, we were so hood. And the deal is I got to see everything. I got to see with them. David Ruffin left the temptations, oh cool, my god. The kid, the temptations. I seen all this as a as a little, little, I mean a real little kid. So I, I knew what I'm I I Truly know what artist development is. So for me, hearing Lisa, I immediately was looking for that type of tone, which is mm. like Diana Ross, that type, mm. of, that type of thing. That's why Lisa's mode and the baby, baby, and all that type of stuff, I was modeling after that mode. You know, yeah. that's why Lost in Emotion sounds like Motown. When mm. I wrote it, I was thinking that. So Lisa's voice, it's a tone. I tell people that all the time. I say, yo, look, Patti LaBelle's amazing. This other voice, this person is amazing. But guess what? When Diana Russ goes to sing, they can't sing her song.
0: They can't. They can't. Diana
1: got to sing it because yep. the tone of her voice. I say the same thing.
0: I say the same thing with Janet Jackson. Same thing. Yeah. Well, you can yeah, well you can no, make no, it. No, no, no. No, what I wear, because a lot of people say, oh, Janet's not the best singer. But I'm like, no one can sing her songs like she does. And I say the same thing. Like, Lisa has these intangibles that just right. can't
1: the difference with like Lisa and Janet is that I I give a lot of credit to the sounds of Janet to Terry okay. and Jimmy. Okay. Terry and Jimmy, are, Terry and Jimmy is incredible. So they help hone what her sound should be. But you don't but you really, don't think you not to
0: not to play devil's advocate, but you mm-hmm. don't think a lot of you don't think people think that you know the same thing about you guys because you guys produce you know pretty much. 90% of Lisa Lisa. Like we right. don't know, we don't, most people don't know how Lisa Lisa sounds without full force.
1: Right, but you know? here's the thing though, with Lisa, Lisa's not like, she's not She's not really a byproduct of my imagination, my concept. What she really is, is that she's a reality of a concept that I was looking for. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's okay. who she is. Lisa's really, Lisa's really from Hell's Kitchen. Lisa really rocked the mascara like the like the Fly Girls did back in the day. Lisa yeah. Lisa really has that attitude. Lisa Lisa really has brothers that will whoop your ass from <laughs> around the way. Lisa's for real. She's yeah. for real from Hell's Kitchen. She's just not like oh, I'm from Manhattan. Nah, no give it. New York, you know, and it comes across. Yeah. So, so that's what I was looking for. She just happened yeah. to be it. Okay. I her tone. Her tone reminded me of like a Diana Ross mode. It wasn't the Patty the Bell. We yeah. got Pepsi for that, you know? Pepsi was a conscious decision. Cheryl Pepsi-Riley. Right. She yeah. was a conscious decision for that. But the deal is, as amazing as Pepsi is, Pepsi can't sing Lisa's song because Lisa's Lisa. No, that's Just true. Just the way Patty can't sing Diana Ross's song because Diana's Diana. You that's know what true. I'm
0: saying? I'll be, be trying to explain people... That a lot, man, like a lot of people think, you know, when when you think of great singers, it's always the powerhouse singers. But it's certain nuances and certain certain uh, singers that you just you, you just can't put a finger. They they just what they call it, the je ne sais quoi. They, oh. you know? So it's like I, I I feel you, brother. I feel
1: you. But, but continue. So, um yeah, Lisa just had that. So um that was the reason why I, I chose her you know, because yeah. she was, she embodied the what I was looking for. So like I said, it wasn't like, you know, Lisa was a manufactured thing for my mind and I made her, nah, I was looking for her and there she was, okay. she is that, you know. So, um, so we did a couple of demos. We did Can You Feel the Beat? And we did, I uh, wonder if I take you home. I wonder if I take you home, that came from the song, oh. Uh, I yeah, had- Hold up, hold up, slow. Hey brother, you mm. just, you
0: mentioned it too. Classics. I know. Okay, let's slow down because these. I know. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. These are two of my, not just my favorite mm-hmm. R&B songs of the '80s, by full force. Mm-hmm. These are two of one of my favorite R&B songs. Period. I feel you. Oh, so let's slow it down. Okay. Let's slow. Let it me down. tell you how we got, I if so, I take you home. talk to me about how you guys came up with that concept,
2: please. Okay.
1: I wonder if I take you home. Well, first of all, how that even came to be is that. I always had jobs. I always had these odd end jobs and I was doing jobs and I always got fired from when I always quit. You know? <laughs> right. And I'm just fresh out of high school. I always was quitting jobs. And every time I would quit a job, I would ring the bell of Kurt's house because Kurt didn't have a job and he was always there. And then as soon as I ring the bell, he would just start laughing when he saw me because he knew what it meant. you know. And um, so I just went downstairs and um, I always had the concept as a drummer I said, all right, I want to do this bass line, but I want to make that the bass line follows everything that the kick drum does. Because I remember they asked me, how the hell did you come up with that? I said, so I'm going to make the bass line do everything the kick drum do. So let me see what kind of beat I'm going to do. So I'm going to do that. I said do that. 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 that, Do do, do, that. Because the most important thing was that hesitation. Do that. Do that. Do that. Do do, do, do. that pulls you. Cause I would say to the guys, you don't have that pull, but that's what I was talking about too. Cause that, cause, that, Cause that, if you take that out, it's a dead beat. It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 So I knew that as a drummer, like if you hear a funky drummer, do it, your cadet. Oh hell yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that, that pull, yeah. So yeah. that's how I came up with it that. Draw, it, it draws you in. Yeah, like pull it, doo, doo, to to So what happened is that I said, okay, I'm gonna do this baseline. And it's gonna follow everything the bass drum does, everything the kick drum does. So it went to doom. And I felt it'll pull if it follows the kick drum and it it just didn't. And it's a crazy bass line because you listen to it go, why well, would you come up with it? This wherever the kick went, the kick had the bass had to go. Okay. That was, that was my concert to that. And I remember now the thi- the, the, the thing is this. With the cousins in full force, they're really kind of unsung in full force because a lot of times you see me, Lou and Paul at house party and then Lou and Paul- Talk
0: about that, talk about yeah. that.
1: Lou and Paul are very, very visual. They're always out there. Out yes. there, pitching people. They're just out there a lot, you know? And the cousins are, are a little bit more laid back and being that they weren't like the lead singers, you're thinking that, oh, okay, so, they didn't do that much. Now, let me tell you something. Most of the songs are not the songs without them. They're not. Because right. even when I did Take You Home, perfect example, when I did the bass line, I just did the bass line. Mm. I'm not say that. Kurt came downstairs eating this nasty ass tuna fish sandwich with mustard. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulled up the keyboard next to him. The Juno 60, he pulled it up next to him. Right. and. As, I, as the bass line is going, I, I taped it as dun 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 right, right. And from that, the me- the melody, the lyrics, it all just came. Right. I mean, okay. it has nothing to do with the other, but that's the way I write. So, so so so, so
0: so again for the record, because a lot of people, when we think of full force, not me, because I like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan, but when we think of full force. We think of you. We think of uh, you know Paul Anthony. We think of Bowlegged Lou. But right. you know, you know, we got uh, you know Shasha on bass guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, you got you you got uh, uh Kurt uh you know TT on mm-hmm. guitar, and right. you had uh, Baby G on keyboard. So when you you just mentioned about that bass line, now did you know? Did did, did Shasha was he? Did he play? No. You know, no, Shasha didn't that do year. a lot
1: of the writing. He didn't do a lot a lot of the writing. Was shy. And yeah, the- break break break
0: that down. Break, break that down. Like as far as like, how did you guys come up with a lot of these concepts? You know, because again, full force is all six of you guys, right? So talk about that a little. A bit. lot
1: of the music, all of the music that's done by full force is done by me, Jerry, and Kurt, all of it. All of the music that's done that's produced by full force, unless we got an outside producers to do something. Okay, all of the music. All wow. of it in like, no my mind, that's the song that Lou wrote the lyrics to, but Jerry did all that music. And then I, and the drums where program programmed, I programmed the drums and Kurt played the guitar. All the music that's done is always is for force. Alice, Paul wrote the lyrics to Alice, but the bass line is Hitman Howie T. Mm. No, 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 no. The, if I believe you're right, the drums to do, death. Do, to do that's my that. shit right there. So how the much you here is, for me? That's my, my shit. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry. Okay. Do, 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 do. okay. All the music is done by me, Jerry, and Kurt. Okay. okay. Even in the production aspect, so a lot of times people don't realize realize how much that is. Uh, so now,
2: now
1: let's, let's go back for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Now, 1985. You guys have you know you got. Uh, Utfo, right. You guys have Lisa Lisa, Cold Jam. They taking off, you right. know. And then you guys came out with your self titled project. So let's go back. What was the uh, uh initial? What was the vision for Four Force at that time? Now that you guys got a hit, you guys have two hits right out the park with Utfo, and you got these hits with uh, Lisa Lisa and Cold Jam.
1: Yeah, don't take the,
0: take me, the, take the, me the, back. What was the, what was the vision? You know, for you
1: guys right. at that time. Well, The Hits With Lisa was kind of unexpected, like, to be. That was another one of those feelings where every club you went to, that was the record. I wonder if I take you home. It wasn't like, oh, I got it. No, you had to play that record. Right, right. And that just took off for us. So I'll never forget hearing about how Sony had a meeting. Because what happened is that I wonder if I take you home was on a compilation album in the U.S. It was okay. so hot that it made it back to the States on its compilation album. Sony didn't even know they had it. They know they really <laughs> had the rights to the compilation because in the meeting, they said, listen, we got to get some street music in here. We got to get like this this Lisa Lisa record. And somebody in the room in the time said, hey. You already got song. it. That's our record? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> I on a compilation going the journey back to us that we own. Right. Right, Wait a right. we own Lisa Lisa? Yeah. And it's those yeah. guys like Sam Roxanne did that. Get out of here! Gotcha. So Steve's whole mindset came to light. Not everybody's trying to sign us. Sign for a force. The people who created the Roxanne Roxanne and the Lisa Lisa thing. Well, we got to get on this street music type thing, you know. And so the expectations was pretty high. But you know, it's funny—we felt no real pressure from it. I, that's what I was just about to ask. Yeah, did y'all? You know. You know and, and I tell people this. I said, I wish I could do that over and put the pressure on us because pressure's good. You know, sometimes it's really good, and I think that we took it so like, yo, we in there, cool, we signed, we're gonna do whatever, and we're gonna go on tour, yeah, yeah. I don't think that we put enough pressure on ourselves. I really now, don't.
0: Now, I gotta slow. I gotta, I gotta stop you again because, mm-hmm. you know, again, man, you guys, when you talk about, I can understand when you talk about pressure because, I mean, boom, boom, you guys have Roxanne, Roxanne, and then you have I wonder if I could take you home goes all the way to number one on the dance chart. No. Number six on the on on on, on the, uh you know the mm-hmm. R B charts. Can you feel the beat? Which is my personal favorite, which yeah. I lo- I love more than I one yeah. I, I love that's my, that's my favorite song off that first uh, project. Which yeah. that album was uh, Lisa Lisa Cold Jam with Four So again, man, mm-hmm. these these songs are tearing up the charts.
2: What yeah,
1: what's that feeling
0: like? That's, just knowing that-, that you guys wasn't this wasn't the this wasn't how it
1: was initially started. Yeah, this was unreal. This was uh, this was <laughs> unreal. Um, I can never explain that 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 feeling of like having like the hottest records. It's one thing to have a record that plays on the radio. You know, had that many times. Gotcha. But when you have the record, the record. Yeah, man, that's uh, you you could go a whole career and never have that. You could have a hit record, but that don't
0: mean it's the record. That wasn't a hit. I call that that was a smash.
1: Yeah, man. It was B record.
0: <laughs> that was a like, smash.
1: Yeah. At some point in time, it was like B record, one of those records. Like the way you hear um ain't nothing about like like it's all about the Benjamins or Limes, put your oh. hands on see, Like, yeah, yeah. These are songs that was like, you know, they're monumental. So that's kind of what that was like. So um yeah. So the pressure for us, we didn't really feel it like that, which was kind of a target. We should have, but we really didn't. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we came out and. Um,
2: y'all tearing I, up, y'all
0: tearing up, y'all tearing up the charts, man, with, with UTFO yeah. and at least at least in cult jam. But, you know, here it is, man. That was is, is you know, what made you guys you know, say, you know, what was the vision for full force, you know, down to not just the music, you know, not just the music. Cause we know the sound, there's a sound of full force, you right. know, that's established already. Right. And what, now, And, but, but again, this is music that you guys have with other artists. Now, what was the vision for full force musically? And we got to talk about that look because that, that always stood out,
2: you
1: know,
0: so talk about that a little
1: bit. Okay, well, the thing with full force, fortunately and maybe unfortunately, is that the image, our image actually exceeded us. You know, our image was even bigger than our record sales. That's true. I mean, when we were, when I get a tons of calls when Living Color was on TV, <laughs> it was huge. Yeah. And they had uh, David Allen Greer and Damon Waynes doing our uh, Men on Films. And they're actually <laughs> they have our album cover and they put like Jerry Crow on it. <laughs> yo, people are calling me. Yo, yo, yo. We, yo,
2: we can't have that. We
1: gotta need to see them. I said, yo, what is that is the biggest form of flattery ever, man. Yeah, yeah. The fact that they showed that on, you know, on the show and the whole place bust out laughing because they knew who we are. Do you even yeah. think about that? And yeah. my man was like, I never thought about that. I said. The whole place, I mean they know who we are. Yeah. And it's really cool because I remember when we saw um we saw the Wayne Brothers at, at uh Eddie Murphy's boomerang party. Okay. And I remember the press was there and we said, yo, we started like chasing them and they were like, it was all love, man. It was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. I tell you, man, that was a that was an amazing time. Like the late 80s. Talk about that though.
0: Talk about like how did you guys come? Because again, you guys, you know, no offense, man, because I like I said, I'm gonna listen to you guys' mm-hmm. music. Those those uh, Columbia albums, I think they're phenomenal. But again, like you just said, you said it yourself. You guys' image exceeded the music. It did, and that so, that. so talk about that. How did you guys come up with that look, man? Because you guys stood out from everybody.
1: Well, I tell you, it's mainly the fact of even as um, being younger, like being like eighteen. So. Paul was very much into like lifting weights. He was lift, He was like trying to curl like, like a lamp at first. And he had weights in the basement. And the whole block would go down there and like work out and stuff like that. People don't realize Paul comes from a background of being small. So mm. Paul was working out to be big. When I tell people that Paul's once like small, they go, "No, I say, yeah." They used to call his nickname in the streets was like "Inch." You know, like the gangster dudes like knew Paul. Up to this no, day, no way. Up to way. this day. Before, <laughs> Up to it, cause Paul grew like after seventeen and eighteen. Oh, he had a growth spur. He grew like in, like another three, four inches. Yeah, like so. Now, how, how, how tall are you two? Paul's a little shorter. Paul's a little shorter than me. I'm six feet. Paul's oh. like people think that we're like menacing.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, cause you got cause we see you all like I'm, I'm six one, but when yeah. I look at you guys, at House Party, man! You guys look super yeah. scary. Like I hate I hated you guys. Man.
1: Yeah, <laughs> our, our presence is is. is is like that. But um yeah, talk yeah, about but that's, that game. That's Paul. The whole the whole weightlifting thing and by little because Paul started lifting and then they got like the whole neighborhood into it. You know? <laughs> yeah. And everybody's just got into it. So um it just it just followed suit with like the way he would dress and then the way we would dress. But Paul became very prominent with the headband and cut yeah. yeah. up shirts and I had out cut up shirts things like yeah. that. So yeah. Um, then we just started rocking that, and we didn't like tell people, "Yo, we're the big guys," or and then like it just happened that way. Okay, it just happened that way, and our image was very, we 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 were very different. We were the only type of group who could look the way we look and play like hip hop tours, because ninety percent of the tours we were on was hip hop tours.
2: Right, right,
1: killing it, killing it. Those tours, but other groups that would try to do those tours like LeVert or the chance <laughs> that they was giving them the business. Like they, <laughs> they couldn't do the hip hop tours. They had to do R&B tours and pop tours. Yeah. They had to. Yeah. But for us, we did the Fresh Fast, us, the Fat Boys, Curtis Blow. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah
1: We've we done all that with Houdini. We, those yeah. are the shows we would do. Those are the best, best shows. But we were the only band that was able to play that. Yeah. You we know, didn't for the world couldn't do a tour like that. So talk about,
0: so so here we go. Let's let's talk about that first project. So. You know, you guys released a self-titled project with the with with this hit. You know, uh, you know, Alice, mm-hmm. I want you just for me. Talk about that song because, again, you know, this is your this is you guys' first hit, and you guys already established yourselves as far as writers and song, songwriters and producers. But now you guys coming with your own shit. Right. So talk about that. What was that like? You know, putting that uh, song together and it actually you know doing
1: pretty well. The 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 minds behind that song was my brother Paul, Baby Jerry, and the one who started that whole group, Hitman Howie T. That that whole song is them. The lyrics of you know Alice and as kids, the three of us were huge huge Honeymooners fans. We watched Honeymooners like the way we used to watch Lost in Space as kids. <laughs> We we knew up to this day we know every single Honeymooners episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Paul would just quote things from. The, that's where the name Alice comes from. He used Alice just from the standpoint of the Honeymooners. Right. And in the end, baby, you're the greatest. He, all of that was you know, <laughs> from the Honeymooners, and that was just a, one of those type of timeless type of different kind of songs. I remember um, when we met Terry Luce and Jimmy Jam. At a, at a Tony Martel dinner. We, it was honoring us with um Platinum Records for Lisa. Okay. And they was telling about how, yo, when we saw that video, we said, OK, these dudes got it. These, these dudes got it. The way that song sounded so different and the way y'all looked, man, yo, <laughs> they really liked us. They really, really liked us, man. But at the same time, they had to let us know that they were still the big dogs who came first. I <laughs> when I had, they got honored, my platinum plaque, I'm all happy. And Jimmy I yeah. I'll never forget, with his whole Shades and hat on. He said, "Let me see that, man." He said, "Yeah, yeah. See, now all you got to do is get like one, two, three, four. But like, hey, So they they was killing it doing Janet Jacks with the control. And I looked at him and oh, I said, man, oh, oh, "Oh, oh, can't can't forget about that 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 S O band
0: S O S band." Yeah, with uh, G- Al- Alexander O'Neill, all that. Yeah, but, that's, that was, that was, like, but that was that's what you guys became. Like it seemed like, yeah, you know, but you guys, unlike, um. You know, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, man, you guys hit the ground running. They before yeah. they hit before they had their streak, they had a couple of songs with Climax and SOL that didn't yeah. really hit. You guys came right out the gate. So talk yeah. about that, man. At this time, you guys are working with Lisa Lisa. You got your own, you know, you guys got your own style, your own, you know, still working with UTFO. What was that like? Like you know, trying was, to balance was, all balance all these acts and wear all these hats. What was that like? Uh yeah, we wore a lot of hats, man. But yeah, man. See, I'm as- look, I'm asking a question that people don't be asking y'all, man. You know, nah, nah, yeah, you
1: know yourself.
0: People don't um, be asking. Y'all. Everybody wants to talk about house party, house party, nah, man. We gotta talk about what these brothers have put down in this game, man, because that was insane.
2: What
1: you guys? Oh, man well, what it- we did, is we actually started a lot of that. You know, we started a lot of that, like with the whole "full force get busy one time," which is a slogan that Paul created. You know, "full force get busy one time." Just saying those little things, and and when we produce other people, you hear "full force." You know, it was always in people's records. Oh, and I hold on, hold on, hold on! I
0: gotta stop you. Mm-hmm. I just realized what you got. See, a lot of the hip hop
1: producers do that, right? what right. you do guys was. Say it again. One more time. No, for we, the- we were the first doing that. We was absolutely the first doing that. Because what happened is that after we did it, um, Teddy came behind us, and Teddy really started doing it a lot. You know, yep, yep. T R and he started doing it doing it a lot as well. Y'all y'all, 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 you guys were saying your names though, like the producers do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, you know. Come oh on,
0: oh, man. We got to put some respect on your name, brother. It's a reason, yeah, that's why, you're that's a reason why you're here. you here, man. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, because because te- uh, we always had a street mentality. Because we come from we come from hip hop, you know. Especially um coming up as teenagers, we really come from that, like hip hop. Right. Melly, we remember seeing Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel before they had records. We remember right. them. You know they would play outdoors, and they would have fire in the garbage can as keeping heat, and everybody's out around there dancing with their coats on. Right, right.
2: It was
1: crazy. It was, it was, it was crazy. But and flash was a mystery. The flies would just have a lightning bolt. So we come from all that. We come from that whole mindset. So that's why we always had an edge to us. That's why Paul could wear. You know the headband and the torped shirt and then we could have the jerry curls and be like we are with gold chains and nobody so, said a damn thing <laughs>
2: nah, nah, I, I don't always, remember like
0: like even back during the house party and all that time i don't remember anybody ever saying yeah four so and so and so like it was
1: yeah yeah absolutely we would know that you know we came up we also you know we grew up with some we grew up with some authentic people. Okay. You know, we grew up with really, really a lot of guys from around the way that had like, you know, that's really crazy though, too. Cause I remember um we would play a baseball a softball game every year mm-hmm. against these guys that call themselves the Aces. But the Aces really were the gangsters of the neighborhood. Gotcha. You know, there was there was um Damn, I don't want to say much names without getting anybody in trouble.
0: The original but, 50 cent, you remember? Yep.
1: No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. No, one of the dudes that, we, that lived just one block, two blocks, two blocks and a half, from us was like, like, like Haitian Jack. Haitian Jack mm-hmm. played on that on that, that baseball team too, from 135 Park. I remember with, with Haitian Jack when people was like saying, yo, yeah, 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 I don't know, man. Haitian Jack, man, he don't play. This and I said, who's Haitian Jack? And people with me, it'll be Jack. I said, well, the only Jack I know is from... The baseball. Boston, Boston. And they said, that's Haitian Jack. I'm like, what? <laughs> because we, me, the cousins, and Mike and myself, we would always do parties and stuff like that. Even mainly them. They would do parties. And when Jack had a party, now, mind you, going back to ninth grade, that's how far mm. back know these type of cats. Gotcha. We played the music, you mm. know? And I remember Jacks Pops came down, drunk. I want all girls to kiss me. And then Jacks <laughs> feeling and virus. We had, us were like the gangster dudes from around our way. It was truly, truly like East Coast boys in the hood. Mm. Like, for real. Us with our music. Them with their, you know, their hustling and stuff like that. It never felt like they was over there and we were just... You know, it always felt like the block, the neighborhood, all of them, yeah. Lil Sean, Phil, yeah, all of these guys are just guys you grew up with, man. They were just always super cool, grew up with. I mean, they ain't play no games, but again, we grew up with some very, very official people all, our whole life. And we would play these dudes, the gangster dudes, a softball game every year. Now, mind you, before we had a record deal, after we had a record deal, now the park has a whole bunch of people watching these softball games. Over 15 years, we have never beat them once, <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> and they would brag about that. We never beat them once. We come close, we never beat them, man. But yeah, we had um, the, the the yeah, where we came up was really real, it was really, really real, man. But our whole image was very different because, like, even the Jerry Curl thing, then nobody played us like that because. The West Coast, they loved us because yeah. the West Coast was rocking the journey. They, they, they was rocking the journey. Heavy. Yo, and they was playing no games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, them gangsters were playing no games. So, so talk. Oh,
0: so so hold on. So talk. Let me slow. Let, let me talk. Stop you for a second. So, what was a full force show like? Oh, yeah. because I watched the unsung and I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, but I want. I want to hear you just 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 elaborate a little bit man because I'm listening to the music but I never got a chance to see you guys live of course so so talk to right. to, to the fans man what was a you know who never
1: got to see you guys perform talk to me what that's was what we did like best back that's at, what we, back back at that time yeah that's what we did best which even takes us back to being a local band yeah so us as a performing band it was crazy we were like we were like hip hop rock and soul rock was the image of what we looked like black rock and rolls but it wasn't like rock and roll where it was more like just we don't give a damn type of like our image where we looked you know Mm -hmm. um but our body language was real street still so uh our shows was like really off the hook and we knew we were good we knew we could. good. I remember we did the Fat Boys tour, the Fat Boys were the headliners, we're doing Coliseums. Mm. You had people like Curtis Blow, people had platinum albums, and we were so strong that the Fat Boys at times wanted us to go on last. We were so strong, because we ended up going on next to last, you know? and. Like, when we do our show, we had a segment at the end of our show, at the end of Alice, and we go into this groove, gotcha. and all the people that's in the show, even the fat Boys times, yeah. would come on stage and do our steps, you know? So it was crazy. Our, our show was like an absolute headliner type of show.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You
1: know, standing on speakers, throwing water out in the crowd, <laughs> swinging the guitar, throwing it down, Right. Slides from this side of the stage going to the other, rocking with the crowd, grabbing a girl at the audience, picking her up while holding Lou like in a sandwich. We were crazy. <laughs> we would do stuff. I was we so rocking roll, we would do stuff like you know, Lou while on stage. When he starts talking to the crowd, he gets he would get with one of the crew, and say, Yo, we'll be seeing again we'll be there. the higher than the sunset. The crew <laughs> hold you, get it right, get it right. Yo, know? so Lou would say, Listen, yo, ladies, we would tell you where we're staying at, but uh we can't there they go. ah, oh. yeah, because the people at the height on the sunset or 455 lebrand, they'd be upset. And they like oh, <laughs> and the place, the hotel would be ridiculous. The yeah. top would there'd be girls packed out the glass. It was crazy. We was on some rock and roll, black rock and roll type of type of vibe. You know, that's why we love the hip-hop tours. The yeah. hip hop tours is ones we wanted to play. The RB tours was cool, we did that, we did show at the time we did the show with you know it's cool but the hip-hop tours was more the closest thing to like black rock and roll you mm-hmm, know Especially mm-hmm. back then because back then you had like r b hip-hop you right. had pepper type of hip-hop kind yeah, of yeah. Hop, and then you had that hip-hop hip-hop you know yeah, yeah. we play on any of them it was know? hard to put
0: you guys in a box man like you know yeah. what was that other group it was another group what, what's that group they used to sing uh Tender Love, Force and D's,
1: Force and D's, Force D's. They we were, they
0: did. were, you guys, you guys, and Force and D's were the only groups that I can remember that was like, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, They could, they, they did it too. You know, we did shows together. Actually, we did, yeah. we got along with them real good always from the jump. Yeah. real good. Never no animosity up to this day. Mm-hmm. We got on Force and D's real, real good. We will call them our Force Brothers. They were really, really, really really good dudes man really good. Yeah, was, dudes. you guys were
0: like hot hybrid groups It do but you know being you know when you look back now and you you know after everything is said and done do you feel if you could do it all over again you know being this you know uh you know making this hybrid type of music would you still do it the way that you guys did it or would you have chose a side like we're going to do we're going to be on uh, because you guys got these like i said man you guys got some nice ballads but then you got these heavy hitting you know, hip hop type tracks, man. So, if you could do it all again, would you would you have picked a side, or would you have, you know, you yeah?
1: tell you what, you guys would, you know, know. If, I had, if I had to do it over again, I would have would have definitely put more emphasis on um like mid tempo type of songs, mm. but, but saying some street shit though. Gotcha. Had the street tip like the way we like the way we came across on stage. I feel and like y'all did that though on, on this project right here. Like
0: that's why I'm so disappointed. Like this this uh, this is my favorite four force out by the way.
1: Okay, this is my no, favorite yeah.
0: one. I mean, we always did well. We always did well. I, I, yeah, but but this album, you know, for some reason, this album didn't hit like the other ones, which I don't understand.
1: Yeah, what was the, I'm trying to what was the song from it? Oh, uh,
0: ain't my type of hype. Ain't my oh, type. Yeah. Which, which was which was huge you know here, in, here in never, Washington
1: DC. Yo, that's where you know uh, what?
0: Friend, friends before lovers. Like, come on, that's that's yeah. that's kind of like in that little mid tempo
1: you know what the label was going through a major transition at that time with Donnie Ina moving into the spot as Tommy told stepping down. It was it was yeah it was it was a thing. It was and it's, and ain't my type of hype was in house party. You yeah, know? let me tell you something. It's funny with my type of hype. That song is really done mostly by Jerry. Uh, okay. maybe Jerry. Jerry. Jerry's probably the most all-around talent for force. As far so, so, as so 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 talk about that. Like you mentioned,
0: you know, so far as the music. Now, right. who, as far as the songwriter, because again, you guys are legendary songwriters slash producers. Right. Talk about the songwriter. Who handled, you know, how, how did you guys, you know, uh handle the songwriting duties?
1: Songwriters was usually Um, me, Mm -hmm. Paul, uh, Lou, Jerry. Kurt did a lot of the music, well, not a lot of like the lyrics like that. Like Paul did All Cried Out and when he did All Cried Out, he got that idea from a girl that he knew that said, yeah, Paul, I can't, I can't, I can't cry no more. I'm just all cried out. And (laughs) instead of of comforting her, he just saw a song in his mind, you know? And um, that's how that song came to be um yeah, yeah me jerry paul yeah. and then lou lou did all on my mind as far as the lyrics to that um, that's my that's my favorite four four song right there
0: that's a lot of people's favorite full that's my song. favorite man when you win when, when the cope when the uh country opened back up you know and, I, and are you guys planning on you know going on tour performing and doing yeah, you know, yeah we're gonna do that again i yeah. would love i would love to see you guys perform that man yeah. that would
1: you know, yeah, we so, do it again. Yeah. Um, so Lou also did "Thanks, for My Child" too.
0: Okay. My child was Cheryl, Cheryl patty which 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 was, was a him and Jerry, which, which was a huge departure from what you guys you yeah. know normally do. Yeah. I, you know, we've heard ballads from you guys, we've heard ballads from you know Lisa Lisa coach but that particular ballad that was different.
1: That was a very different. I remember programming the drums, and I remember. Not letting the drums come in until mid through the song because I just felt like I just can't mess with these lyrics, I just gotta let it rock, you know. Because the lyrics are so deep. Because yeah. that song came from when Lou and his wife at the time, um, she had, she had a miscarriage, okay, and it really messed with him. And that's how he wrote Thanks for My Child based from that. Because what happens after that, they had a kid and he was just so grateful and he came with Thanks to My Child. So yeah, that's how the, that's how um how did y'all
0: link up with Cheryl Pepsi Riley? You know, because
1: well, one of the things that happened is that Cheryl belonged to a local band too. The funny thing is, I don't even remember her in the band. I remember it was always this big fat dude that played trumpet, always running from side to side that Paul would imitate. We would laugh. Mm. But I don't remember Pepsi and I just remember a voice singing. Cause what happened, right. is, I remember talking to Steve and Lou at this mm. album that we was at. Fresh off of doing Lisa, fresh off, and I'm thinking of the next thing. I'm like, yo, we need to have our own soul singer, like our own Mickey Howard, our own Pay the Bell, our own people. we need our own, so people know, yo, we do that, you know?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And
1: then Lou said, well, you know, <clears throat> I know this girl, that's a girl named Cheryl. First thing I said, is said, how she look? He said, I think she looks good, man. She, she, she I think she looks good. I said, all right, well, let me show, see a picture something like that. And then when Lou showed me the picture, I said, I love her, I love her. Pepsi looks like your favorite young school teacher at that time. She looked like, she reminded me of this old TV show, my God, I don't know how young I was, five, six maybe? It was a, a TV show called Time for Julia, where Diane